We are starting a new series called Times and Seasons. Amen. And the title of my sermon is Fixing Our Focus Forwards. And we're going to be exploring Proverbs 4, verses 25 to 27. But times and seasons, these are ever-present elements in our own Christian walk. And yet so often with change comes fear, trepidation, anxiety, and uncertainty about what the future looks like. And I believe as believers, we've got to become spiritually savvy to the times and seasons spiritually that we are living in. Amen? Recognize whatever season you are in right now today, it may have taken you by surprise, but it didn't take God by surprise. He has orchestrated and prepared every single season that you are currently navigating or have previously gone through. Now, perhaps you're a bit like me. Maybe it's because I'm a Londoner. I like spring and summertime. We have about two weeks in the year, right? Where we enjoy some sun. But that's because for me, everything is glowing, everything is growing and flourishing, everything's healthy and reaching its full potential. But you know, to enjoy that, we have to go through the seasons before about preparation, about maybe a bit of barrenness, some emptiness, some coldness, and challenges that reside in our lives. And so the ever-changing culture and landscape that we reside in, there is an increased urgency for us to determine the season that we ourselves are in. Now, as a church, there will always be an overarching season of faithfulness and fruitfulness. But even in a church the size of KT, as big and as great as we are, numerically and with our influence and our giants, we have to recognize there are going to be dozens of separate seasons, even in this room and people watching online, all playing out at the same time. So you don't need to worry about the person next to you and about the season that they are in. They could be in a completely different season. They may be going through a season of restoration. You're going through a season of financial breakthrough. No problem. Praise God for both seasons. Amen. And too often, we tether our own season on what's going on in the life of the people around us. Our God is unique. Our God is perfect in all of his ways. He knows what season you need to be in right now. In Jesus' name, amen. So we need to understand the times and the seasons that we live in. Because change, it's the only variable. It's the only constant. If you think about every part and area of your life, the monotonous and mundane, the glorious moments of breakthrough and provision and God's hand and favor and the demonstration of the power of God in your life and everything in between, all of it's change. Perhaps you're like me, you walk down a certain road or a certain area of London and you're like, oh, that used to be this place and now it's that place. They knocked this building down and they're building this. Everywhere we go, change is on the menu. And so a question for us in our own lives as we flow from one season to another, we invariably will be waging war with our routines, our busyness, our rhythms, and our structures. A, an initial question for you this afternoon. Where are you headed? Now, I, it's not, the answer is not home after you finish speaking. Where are you headed? If I was to invite someone here up, and I gave you three minutes to describe where you're headed. What would you say? What would you include? What would you exclude? What are you aware of? 
and conscious of and what is maybe a, not yet revealed to you about God's plan and God's purpose for your life. Because if you don't have any awareness of the times and season that you're in, your life is going to be filled with chaos, confusion, angst about the purpose of your life and the purpose that God has placed on your life. Instantly, we start to get alarmed, we start to get concerned, we start to get fearful about whether or not we're being effective, whether or not we're in God's will and God's purpose for our life in this exact moment. And all of a sudden, we start to recoil our heart and our life from wanting to serve Christ. So we need to comprehend the season that we are in. There are natural four seasons in life, autumn, winter, spring, and summer, And I believe that there are ultimately spiritual parallels for us in our Christian journey, but the number of seasons that we go through will be substantially more than the four natural seasons of this earth. We need to get comfortable with that. You know that you can't stay in the season that you were in last month or last year. Amen? And thank God that you're not in that season anymore. Because if you stay in an old season, do you know what happens? You start to settle for mediocrity. Life becomes stale. God can't open up new opportunities for you because you're so busy holding on to the last season. And yet the Bible declares in 2 Corinthians 3 verse 18, we ourselves are changing. And we all, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are now being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. This comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. And I think part of the challenge for us in our Christian walk is that we are too concerned about the challenges that are happening external to our lives, that we have failed to appreciate the changes that he has made within our own hearts and our own lives. And here's a thought. Thank God you are not where you were. Amen. That should get an amen in the house. You know why? Because you are changing from one degree of glory to another. That's the goal of our Christian walk. And so the focus for us today really is twofold. Identifying the season that you are in individually and then to fix our focus forwards. So hopefully I've laid a little bit of a foundation or given us a bit of a framework that will hinge our time together. So let's read Proverbs 4 verses 25 to 27, I will break them down verse by verse for us. I'm reading the NLT translation. Look straight ahead and fix your eyes on what lies before you. Mark out a straight path for your feet. Stay on the safe path. Do not get sidetracked. Keep your feet from following evil. Look straight ahead. That's a really simple instruction. And yet we fail to adhere to that in our Christian walk on a daily basis. Why? Because some of us are welded to what God did in the past. We rejoice and we relive and reimagine the breakthrough that God did in our lives 15 years ago. And you can tell me the day, the time, the location, what hat you were wearing. But you know, God is doing a new thing. You've broken out of one season and we need to start to recognize when one season has finished and a new one has started. Otherwise, we will be forever tethered to living and reminding ourselves of what God did in the past of our lives. 
We hold on to things that we don't need. Fear of the unknown causes us to retreat and remove our heart from desiring God to do something new in our lives. And you know, if God wants us to have something, I should think that we would want to have it because God knows what we need for our lives. You know, everything that you've experienced in your Christian walk up to and including this exact day is not the total sum of what God wants to do for you. You know that there is more. There is more for you to attain. There is more for God to bless you with. There is more for you to lay hold of. There is more ground for you to conquer. But too often, what was the ceiling in our lives is just the total sum of what we think God can do. And we need to break in and break through to the next season of our lives. We need to exercise the authority that God has given us with confidence and with conviction. Because you know your past does not have to hold your future hostage unless you allow it to. Your choice, free will. Fix. Fix your eyes. What does it mean to fix something? You set it. The dictionary definition is it becomes set. It assumes a rigid or solid form, i.e. immovable. Now the challenge for us here is there's a lot of emotions, there's a lot of feelings swirling around in our heart in any given day of our lives. But our heart is the primary driver of how we subsequently think and therefore how we subsequently act in our lives. Our eyes shape the spiritual and physical direction of our lives. They dictate our overarching desires and emotions. And too often, I believe as Christians, we find ourselves operating like flashlights. We are utterly consumed with the here and now. What God is doing in the two, three, four meter radius of our lives. That we don't think bigger. We don't go higher. We don't dig deeper. We don't aim further because we're so consumed with what is happening in and around our lives. Is that the plan of God? Are we meant to be utterly consumed by the challenges of our lives in the immediate vicinity? We are perpetually absorbed by the here and now. We live our lives in the present, but we need to live our lives with view of eternity. And with that, there's going to be dozens of seasons where you go from one degree of glory to another between now and when you get to glory, ultimate glory. Amen. Amen. This is what the writer is telling us to do here. Fix our eyes. If we choose to adopt a laser beam focus, however, in our Christian walk, we have a very clearly defined target into the future. It becomes our focus. It's where we channel our attention. Parallel to that, we become unmoved, uninterested, even deprioritizing the stuff that's going on around us. Now, that's not to plead ignorance or put your head in the sand and pretend that the stuff that's going on around you isn't important. It is. But our God is a God of order and a God of priority. And the word here very clearly says, fix your eyes. Fix your focus forwards. What this does do is give us a defined order of priority that helps us in our effectiveness and our fruitfulness, which is a win-win situation for us in our lives. When our eyes are on what lies ahead, we minimize the risk of being consumed or confined by what is going on 
around us. We are susceptible to veering off course, and it will take focus, it will take discipline, attentiveness, and conviction to maintain the course that Christ has charted for you. A laser beam has a clear, singular target. It's not concerned about what's going on to the left or the right. It has one sole objective. The flashlight minimizes how you can see into the future. You know, you walk around with a flashlight. If you ever went on Duke of Edinburgh trips, which I had to do, camping, never liked it, never go again, in Jesus' name, amen. You get a flashlight. You can only see two, three, four meters in front of you. You've got no idea what's in the sixth, seventh, eighth, tenth, twentieth meter. You don't know what the risk is. But with a laser beam, one sole solitary target, you cut through all the noise, all the distractions, all the deception. The question is, do we want to attain it? Verse 26 declares, mark out a straight path for your feet. Stay on the safe path. Now, I need to get something off my chest this afternoon. As Christians, I am fed up of hearing the words, I fell into sin, Pastor Scott. We don't fall into sin. We walk willingly into it. Let's just, let me get that very clear. And this is what we've been cautioned against here. We need to recognize our shortcomings and our weaknesses, but not be dictated and defined by them. Our hearts can comprehend right from wrong. Therefore, we willingly engage in our sin. We know the words, we know the thoughts, we know the actions, etc., that violate God's word. It's not an ever-changing scenario whereby we have to guess. We know, which means that we can't cheat, we can't deceive, and we can't lie to ourselves in this particular arena. The writer, almost certainly Solomon, makes it very clear. Mark out a straight path. A. One. There's a singular focus, a singular achieve, a achievement, a singular destiny for us to lay hold of. It's not a menu of options and choose the one that best fits your current scenario. And he cautions us to stay on this path. Why? Because we are susceptible to going off course. Have you ever met a believer that's impulsive? No, just me. Okay. We tend to react to stuff, don't we? We react, we don't respond. That produces confusion in our lives, chaos where there should be peace, and we need his presence. And so ultimately this verse dictates the direction of our life. You know why? Because it's firmly established, rooted in the ways of the kingdom. And our lives have to be healthy reflections of Christ. We need to live a life that ultimately brings him honor and glory. Which leads me to my second question. Do you take time to examine the path that you're actually on? Often we think we're on a path, and sometimes it's months, even years down the line, before you realize, actually, oh, I wasn't on that path. I was on a parallel path, but this one went that way. And there's been such a cost in terms of your time, your effort, all the turmoil, the stress, and the strain that you've gone through because you were on the wrong path. It's a, the Christian journey is constantly about self-examination and reflecting and, and really asking ourselves the tough questions of our lives. Are we truly who we say we are? Are we living out the scriptures? Are we honoring God's word to the best degree possible? Do you consider 
the pathway that you're currently residing on. Here's a thought. Whatever pathway you're on right now, today, does it please and honor God? Now, if you have to think for more than one moment about that, there are probably some elements in your Christian journey that might need some attention and some adjusting. And if we were all being truthful and honest here today, whether we're watching online or at home, it applies to each and every one of us. But when we allow ourselves to be refined and purified by the Lord, we find progress because we submit ourselves humbly to that process and it's painful if you do it correctly. It's embarrassing sometimes when we see the totality of our own sin and our own weaknesses. But it's also necessary and comforting because God loves you enough to wipe away every trace of sin. Amen, Amen for that. If we complete this step and process correctly and completely, we furnish ourselves with a deeper understanding of the Father's love towards us. And it crystallizes the glorious destiny that he has prepared for us. Now let's just be clear. It's one path, one method, one delivery, and one destiny. So there's no room to bargain, negotiate with God, there's no room to say, you know, I'll take my own journey for a bit and then I'll jump on your path, God. No, we have to submit completely to his will and his lordship. There is no other standard or alternative, friends, and it's going to cost you. And that's why some of us settle for comfort and convenience in our Christian walk. Because the costs and the consequences in Drain from God's plan are even more. Two key words stand out in that verse for me. The word straight and the word safe. They are the two key words. A straight path minimizes our temptation to be distracted. If you think about driving your car and if you've got a straight motorway like the M1, you can see for half a mile or more, easy, several junctions. But if you're on some of these back roads where the car turns and there's all sorts of turns and blind spots, etc. It's a lot harder. Straight path. Do you know what a straight path produces? It brings clarity about what your future looks like. You don't have to second guess. There's no anomalies being thrown in at the last minute. There's a bit of clarity and confidence about where you are headed. And there's no roadblocks. There's nothing distorting or diminishing your ability to produce the result that Christ has for you. Now, if the road is winding, it's uneven, like these country roads, there's lots of risk. Lots of risk. And therefore, we slow down, we take our time, we don't step forward in faith and in confidence a lot of time because we are always trying to manage the risk. That is not the way we are called to live our Christian life. Safe. What's the opposite of safe? Unsafe, I guess, is a poor translation. I would think a better word is insecure. Insecure. Risky propositions develop. Danger is lurking. Which means we need to take time, friends, to reflect on our journey. Because we are far more prone to deviating and wandering off the course that Christ has for us than we think. It reminds me of a story. And I'm sharing this in confidence, not really, because I'm obviously preaching on a platform. I went to a youth camp a number of years ago, and um, 
a friend of mine, we jumped in a dinghy and he's in this dinghy facing me and I'm facing him and we're there and the tide was going out, but you know, we didn't really have much awareness of that. And so we're just talking, sharing life. And we realized after a while, hang on, the shore is getting a little bit, you know, you're having to refocus your eye. Another five minutes, another five minutes go by. Before you know it, we're like half a mile out to sea in a little rubber dinghy about to drown. Sea guard, uh, lifeguards had to come and rescue us. And you know what happened? It made me think about that when I was preparing this message because that's what happens when we wander off the course. We don't take great big leaps. Do you know what it is? It's slow and incremental like this. Dozens of tiny little steps, moments of compromise that we don't even notice happens over weeks and months and then bang, you're half, you're half a mile away from where God called you. So you need to examine and explore what's in your heart, the journey that you're on, the pathway that you're on, on a regular basis. You would do that in any other area and arena of your life. There is no reason to abdicate your spiritual journey in this moment. It's the same question I get asked all the time. Oh, Pastor Scott, I feel God is so distant from me. Well, that violates scripture. You know, God is omnipotent, omnipresent. So he's everywhere all the time. But my first question to them is who moved? If we're honest, it's us. God is always with us. We need to reconnect more intentionally with him. And as we keep the ultimate destination at the vanguard of our heart and minds, we can make this possible. But for this to be genuinely achievable in our lives, we have to avoid what verse 27 tells us. Verse 27 declares, don't get sidetracked. Keep your feet from following evil. Do you know, I think one of the greatest thieves in our Christian walk is the word busyness. It irritates me. And I say it as someone who uses the word a lot in his own life, so I'm getting convicted myself. Because we consciously or subconsciously permit ourselves to get distracted from fulfilling the purpose that Christ has for us. So what are you busy doing? Because the word here says, don't get sidetracked, which means this is going to be the number one risk that you do. There's a distinct likelihood that this is going to be something that we struggle with. And so where are you being distracted? Where are you being sidetracked? What are the areas of your life that you're allowing compromise in your own life? We've got to remain focused on the path that leads to truth. That means everything in our lives has to be tethered to God's word. Because if we keep ourselves on the right track, our eyes, our heart, and our mind fixed on Christ, we will succeed in every assignment that he gives us and we will conquer every challenge that is in front of us. The word declares that we are not just conquerors, we are more than conquerors. And we can live in that victory. You know, you never lose when you're in right partnership with God. Because the cares and concerns of this world, they will attempt, they will not stop. Do not think it's going to get easier in your Christian journey. It gets harder. The more distractions, the more things in this world that try and lure you away from fulfilling God's plan and God's purpose in your life, you need to not be sidetracked by them. And you know, a lot of them are very obvious and seen, okay, advertising, pornography, whatever, easy, basic stuff. But you know, there's also subtle stuff. And we need to make ourselves much more astute spiritually about some of the subtle things that can slowly 
lure us away with the hope of something better, something more meaningful. That is not God's plan and purpose for your life. Amen. Amen. So you need to take a default position here. My attitude in my own life is I assume I'm going to get distracted every day. Now you might think that's a bit too aggressive, but I'm going to assume that I am permanently weak in this area, that I'm always going to get sidetracked. So what do I do? I have to put safety nets, boundaries, barriers, things in place, accountability, everything across the board. Not just in small things, in everything. Down to how I steward my time, where I am, who I'm with, what I'm doing. We need to do the same. Because the season that you're in, friends, is the season of preparation for what the next season is going to look like in your life. Every season that you have in your life, God has permitted. And each season, there is a plan and a purpose, a clear plan and purpose that will catapult you into the next season. But until you are able to master the season you're in, you will never be able to enter the next season that God has for you. But some of us don't want to master it. We settle for comfort and convenience. In a climate that is not settling for comfort and convenience, in a climate that is speaking against the Christian faith, that is trying to undermine and erode the word of God. We need to be more robust. We need to have more conviction. We need to have more faith and be able to stand and fight the good fight of faith in this season, if no other. Because there's going to come a time where there's no more fighting. You're either in or you're out. I mean, in my mind, if you're not in, by definition, you're out. There's no middle ground. You can't sit on the fence on this. You're either on the path or you're not. We have to choose. And by the way, this is a very clear word here. Um, you won't fulfill your potential in this particular arena if you think that you can just be a spectator. If you think that you can just offer a little bit of tokenistic, vague involvement in your Christian journey, forget it. You're going to need to demonstrate ongoing willingness and position yourself for lasting growth and change. That is the only way it's going to work. If you think you're going to sit back and God's going to do all the work, no, no. God has to work sometimes in our hearts before he works in our circumstances. Hmm. We prefer it the other way around because that's convenient. But you know what that does? That trivializes our need for him. We need him more than ever. We cannot diminish what God wants to do in this new season. Do not relegate this current season to the margins of your life. Nurture it, cultivate it. The best is still yet to come. Everything that Jesus has for you is costly. It is never simply going to be handed to you on a plate. Behind every testimony that you hear on this platform or on the screen via Zoom, pre-recorded, you hear too three, four minutes of a glorious testimony of people being healed, financial breakthroughs, family restoration, reconciliation at work, whatever. We've got a catalogue of testimonies. They're all brilliant. I love hearing the testimonies. But you know, you hear three minutes, four minutes. You don't see the prayer, the sacrifice, the fasting, the laying on of hands, the Zoom calls that have gone in to help facilitate that breakthrough in that person's life. We just see the end product because we find it easier that way. Just give me the blessing. I don't want to go through the stretching. I don't want to go, <laughs> go through the changes. I don't want to have to put my effort in. 
That's not going to give us that pathway. That's not going to produce the breakthrough. The greater the testimony, the greater the work, the greater the sacrifice that is going to be needed to bring it to pass. So some learning outcomes. Proverbs 16, verse 9. The heart of man plans his way, but the Lord establishes his steps. Nothing wrong with generating goals and ideas, dreams and ambitions. That's healthy. But resist the temptation to make any of those dreams or goals your idol. Because otherwise, you will become bitter, failure will be your portion, and pain will reside in your heart. Because we make plans and then we invite God to our plans, but actually our plan has to be what God's plan and purpose is for our lives I was really good at making lots of plans back in the day. None of them worked because it's all man-made. My own thoughts, my own ideas, I had to surrender them and decide, do I want to be in God's will or not? Because if you're not in God's will, you're outside of God's will. Now you can argue with me how much you are outside of God's will, but one thing is clear, you're not in his will. And Abraham knew it in Genesis 12 verse five. He was told, pick up your stuff and go. He didn't even know where, he picked up everything. Abraham, uh, Genesis 12 verse 5 then declares Abraham went. No questioning, no hesitation, no back chat, no negotiating, nothing went. That's total faith. Why? He knew that there was no joy for him outside of God's will for his life. Wow. Ever muttered the words, why me, to God? Why is this happening? Why am I in this season? Why am I going through these things? Hmm. Our lives are punctuated by moments of failure, moments of confusion and suffering. That is an inescapable reality that belies every believer if who is truly walking with Christ. Sometimes we need to go through empty, dry, barren seasons of complete anonymity in order to get the next season of breakthrough, provision, abundance, joy and everything else that God has stored up for us. Have you thought about that in your own life? You know, if you're living a life genuinely as a Christian, you're going to go through valley experiences and you're going to go through mountaintop experiences. In order to understand what the mountaintop experience looks like, sometimes your perspective has to be on the ground, going through the valley of the shadow of death. But you shall fear no evil, for he is with you. Amen. You go through it. You don't set up home there. It's got a start and an end. Amen. In order for us to feast and flourish in all that God has for us, we have to be in alignment with his will. Every season has a start and an end. There may be some overlap where we become conscious of one season finishing, another one starting. The key here is not to worry about what is disappearing into the history pages of your life. So often we hold on to stuff and seasons because we think that's all that God has for us and we worry about what's going to get lost. Why don't you start to look at what can be gained? What God wants to do next week and next month in your life. Start to dream the dreams of God afresh. Let the old stuff go. Some of us have to lay down some stuff. We're holding on to things, situations, people, whatever. And we're wondering why we can't get the next thing that God has for us. Hmm. Paul spoke about it. Fixing our eyes on the author and perfecter of our faith. He talks about, I strain forwards. It's always future focused, always. And Paul learnt it, regardless of his circumstances. I've learnt what it is to be content, 
Whether I've got everything, whether I've got nothing, I don't care. I've got Christ. I'm winning, period. Wow. So what season are you moving into, friends, in your own life? For some of us, it's going to be a season of pruning. God is going to remove some things and some people from our life in order that you prosper. Submit to the process. Don't argue with him. I found that when we understand God's plan and God's purpose, we live in victory. But often, our understanding of faithfulness and fruitfulness is very different to God's. I have negotiated with God on this a few times. But we need to submit to the process. Every time God prunes you in your life, it's for your benefit. It's so that you can produce more fruit. Often as Christians, we think we need to add to our lives in order to add to our lives. Jesus had people leaving him all the time. It didn't deter him from his journey. He didn't decide, right, that's it. I'm throwing the towel in. I've had enough. He knew what his plan and what his destiny was. And he never wavered. He never wavered, regardless of what was going on around him. He never lost sight of the overall goal. Some of us need to lay down patterns of thinking. Surrender our right for control. Our perceived right for control, by the way. We're not in control. We are aware of that as Christians. We think we are, but we're not. That's the reality. There is no alternative. There's just one pathway. Please, I wasted years trying to explore and find, even generate my own pathway. It doesn't work. Don't waste the time. Take it from me. Save yourself the time and the aggro. Get on the right pathway. Time and again, you are going to find yourself in moments where God is going to use you simply because you have chosen to be faithful to the pathway that he has prepared for you. He declares, Paul, in Galatians 6 verse 9, Therefore, do not be discouraged in doing good, for in due season, i.e. at the optimum time, what will it do? It will reap a benefit if we don't lose heart. So we have a role to play here. We cannot lose heart. And very often in our Christian journey, that's the problem for us. We lose heart. We lose focus. Seasons of change prepare us for progression. There is always more to grasp in your journey with Christ. Sometimes the goal is simply to understand the season. It's not to conquer the season. It's just to understand it. And you know that is sufficient. God will reveal to you moments that require you to move beyond your own turmoil, your own tension. The outcome of your obedience is faithfulness, increased fruitfulness, and the privilege of God giving you just a snapshot of what the next season is going to look like in your life. Just a snapshot. Just a foretaste of everything that God has stored up for you. That should excite and energize us in our Christian faith. Moments where our faith is deepened, our capacities and our capabilities are stretched, our territory and our influence enlarged, all to serve one purpose for the overarching glory of God to rule and reign and manifest in your life. You know, it's not about you. It's about what God is doing in you and do you, through you. Which means that we need to remove some of the imposing demands that we allow other people to attach to our lives or some of the demands that we put on ourselves. If you're a high performance, high output sort of person, you will put a lot of demands and expectations on yourself. The problem with that is that we find ourselves striving for God's acceptance when we need to sometimes just be in his presence. 
and just be with him rather than try and do something for him. And that's hard for people. I get that. But God is calling us to a deep season of preparation for the next season ahead. And I encourage you, identify the next season that you are in. Find out what it is, friends. Be shaped by his grace. Communicate a testimony of God's goodness and grace in your life. Because God has a divine purpose for every season that you are in. He permits it. He permissions it. And it is likely that we may never fully understand every season. And that is problematic for a lot of us. Because we want full control. We want full answers to every season. We want to risk assess every season that we find ourselves in. Perhaps the answer here is not to do that, but just to trust him more deeply. In our moments of frailty, where we desire control, perhaps the goal is just to trust him more deeply. We have to surrender our self-appointed right to know. All you need to know is Romans 8.28. He makes all things work together for good for those who love him and those who are called according to his purpose. So whatever season you're in or whatever season you're moving into, it can be the most tumultuous season or it could be the most glorious season and it could be a whole lot of stuff in between. Know this, God has permissioned it, God has permitted it. But if you keep your eyes focused and you don't get sidetracked and you follow that marked path, that he has laid out for you. You will get to the next season of your life. You will fulfill the plan and the purpose that God has for you. Change is good. Amen. Amen. It's healthy, it's fresh, it's vibrant. And it arrives in our lives on a daily basis in many moments that are seemingly insignificant that we wouldn't even recognize in our lives. And none of those moments make us feel unsafe or insecure in any way. It's always the headline stuff for us as Christians. The big stuff that makes us unsettled. We can tolerate and manage the smaller stuff, but we need to embrace the time and season that we're living in. Because you know, here's the awkward bit. They're gonna happen whether you want them to or not. You're not gonna get a say in it. Okay, Lord, 2021. Three seasons of abundance, one season of lack, one season of stretching, and four seasons of faithfulness. You don't, you don't get to bargain with God. You've gotta to want to want what God wants you to have. And that is problematic for many of us. Because how can God give us something if we've already decided what we want him to have, uh, give us? That doesn't work. If we don't change, we don't grow. And if we don't change, we end up settling for monotonous, mundane moments in our lives. And that's not what we, God has for us. So a final thought before the worship team come and minister to us this afternoon. How convicted are you about radically pursuing the season that you're in. Your season, not the person next to you, your season. Do not try and use your season as a blueprint for somebody else. What God has prepared for you, God has prepared for you and you alone. And I believe that as you fix your focus forwards, you will see the glory, the majesty, and the splendor of Christ. You're not gonna get sidetracked. You're gonna follow the marked path that he has set out for you. Your feet are not gonna stumble. Your heart is gonna be clean. Your eyes are gonna be focused on the author and perfecter of our faith. 
and you will be able to navigate each and every season and every change, no matter how challenging it is, you will be able to embrace and overcome and conquer. Why? Because you have fixed your eyes forwards. In Jesus' name, amen.